You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is the first day of November. Hard to believe. Talking Yankees baseball today with our good friend, Brian Hoke, our Yankees reporter for MLB.com. And, uh, Brian, what we're doing today is uh, assessing uh, the Yankees heading into 2018 based off their 2017 performance. Before we get to that, though, still the uh, little matter at hand of uh, crowning a world champion tonight as we speak uh, on this Wednesday, hours away from a winner-take-all game seven of the, of the fall classic between the Astros and the Dodgers. So, Mr. Hoke, quite simply, put you on the spot. Who's winning this thing tonight? <laughs> you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> you know, it's a coin flip once you get down to a game seven. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to say the Houston Astros are going to be the world champions. Uh, I, I think that for Yankee fans, you'd rather have your season ended by the best uh, rather than the second best. So, uh, you know, I think that if Yankee fans see the Astros celebrate, at least you can kind of look at that and say, well, you know, got beat by the better team, go out and get them next year. So uh, that, that's how I'll pick it for uh, for this year. Interesting take. That would help us soothe the wound a little bit after uh, having uh, two chances to get to the Fall Classic. Uh, couldn't do it. This Astros team are uh, nearly invincible at home, and uh, we'll see if they can uh, work some of that magic on the road as uh, they'll have to win on the road to uh, be the 2017 world champs and make the Sports Illustrated prophecy come true from 2014 that would be the other storyline there so we'll see what happens tonight no question uh brian getting back to the uh, matter at hand of assessing the 2017 yankees and what that bodes uh, for 2018 let's start here uh the yankees obviously exceeding expectations coming oh so close to capturing uh, a pennant for the first time since 09 looking at this team what is the biggest area of need right now that the yankees have to address and how do you think that they go about addressing it, uh, whether through a trade, maybe the free agent market, or a guy in that uh, loaded minor league system that is perhaps ready to step up and contribute at the big league level? Yeah, I'll bypass the fact that they don't have a manager right now, and they're going to have to figure <laughs> that out at some point. But I think that incomplete right now because you don't know what Masahiro Tanaka's decision is going to be. He has the ability to opt out of his contract, and I realize that in April, May, June, that looked like, a far-fetched possibility, but uh, I think he really showed down the stretch in September, and during the postseason, he was dominant. He showed what he can be, and maybe that has him thinking about opting out and testing his uh, his free agency there. Uh, he, he was under contract for three more years. He could still stick with the Yankees and be very well paid, but if he does opt out and does not come back, I think that creates a huge vacancy in the, in the pitching rotation, especially considering you got C.C. Sabath. He is also going to be a free agent. Uh, maybe they bring him back on a affordable deal. He's certainly not going to make an excess of $20 million the way he did uh, this past year. But I think that the wild card you got to look at here, whether they lose Tanaka or not, uh, Shohei Otani in Japan. I mean, this is a guy who Brian Cashman and the Yankee contingent flew 6,000 miles during the heat of a pennant race to go watch in Japan firsthand. I don't think they were just doing that for fun. Um, I, I think that the Yankees are going to make a legitimate run at Otani. Uh, he, he fits their mold as kind of a young, cost-controllable type of player. This is not going to be the kind of guy who gets hundreds of millions of dollars here 
the way Tanaka did, um, he's going to be leaving some money on the table because he wants to come to the major league so badly. And I think that's the kind of guy the Yankees have a lot of money coming off the books here. They've got in excess $70 million with guys like Sabathia and Alex Rodriguez, who are still getting paid, and Matt Holliday. I mean, these guys are coming off the books here. The Yankees are going to spend some money, and Hal Steinbrenner has always said the one thing they do is they reinvest that money into the team. So uh, they can make a serious run at Otani, still come in under $197 million, which will reset the, uh, the luxury tax, and, and that frees the Yankees to make even more noise next offseason when guys like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are on the market. Terrifying thought for the other 29 teams in baseball. And, uh, Brian, is there any sort of relationship between Otani and Tanaka that might give the Yankees the inside track here? I don't think so. I think that, I mean, obviously I have not met Otani, but I'm sure that he watches Tanaka starts, and I think that he could probably envision himself having that kind of career in the major leagues. But there is an age gap there. And I remember when Tanaka came over, and Hiroki Kuroda was still on the Yankees. I mean, there was a similar age gap between them. And uh, what you see with Japanese players is they're, they're very respectful. It's not like guys here where you saw Aaron Judge and Matt Holliday, for example, really bond and, and hang out and get tight close together. I mean, there is a respect and, and a distance between players. Uh, you know, Tanaka almost could not approach Hiroki Kuroda. It was considered bad form to do so. He had to wait for Kuroda to talk to him. So it's an interesting... Uh, dynamic, uh, a different way than I think uh, people envision it in the major leagues where, like I said, Judge and Holiday were hanging out and uh, throwing footballs across the field at Yankee Stadium. Um, it, it is There's a different dynamic at play there, but I think that uh, surely Otani has watched what Tanaka has done with the Yankees, and I'm, I'm sure uh, he's had a close eye on that for years now. Yeah, that's a very interesting dynamic. As you said, the difference in the, the relationships and the culture between American players and Japanese players uh, regarding uh, the potential for the Yankees to get Otani and what it might mean uh, for this rotation given the uncertainty with Masahiro Tanaka. Very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Brian, on the flip side of things, the biggest area of strength right now in this Yankee team, what is the thing that Yankee fans feel the best about heading into 2018? I mean, Yankee fans should feel great about the young core they've got coming, especially because there's more on the way. Uh, you, you saw what Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Luis Severino and, and Greg Bird at the tail end of the year did, and, and these guys are legit. They are going to be uh, sink or swim what the New York Yankees are for the next few years, and uh, the Yankees really do believe that this is the, the beginnings of a dynasty here, and they've got more on the way with you know, Glaber Torres and Chance Adams and uh, these prospects coming through the system a little further down, you've got Esteban Florial. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be excited about here. And I think we talked about it last week that the 2017 Yankees that went to the final game of the ALCS against the Houston Astros, we could be looking back in five or six years and say, wow, that was the weakest team they've had in quite some time. So um, there is some stuff on the offseason shopping list. And I think starting pitching is important. Um, it's important that they, went out and got Sonny Gray. I think that gives them some stability. I think the fact they have Severino and Jordan Montgomery coming back, these, these kind of young baby bombers, they, they really showed something in 2017. But I, I would say to answer your question, uh, what Yankee fans should be most excited about is the young core. I mean, you're seeing this team, uh, they are all kind of in their mid-20s here, and uh, they have a lot more tomorrows ahead of them than yesterday's. And that's not something you could always say about a Yankees team in the last few years. Hey, amen to that. It's certainly a, it's the dawn of a new day uh, with the Yankees and this Yankee franchise regarding the talent uh, on this roster. And, uh, Brian, let's single out two guys here. There's always a guy, you know, every year that 
performs a little bit uh, above their expectations and is maybe due for some regression the following year. So who's one guy in that category? Then on the flip side, a guy that didn't quite perform up to expectations that could be due for a bounce-back season. Well, uh, the one I'll, I'll throw out there for regression, Yankee fans aren't going to want to hear it, but I think your starting right fielder is a candidate for that. Um, I, I don't think that anybody saw 52 homers coming from Aaron Judge. It was a phenomenal year. He's going to probably be rookie of the year. He might even be a, uh, the AL MVP when it's all said and done. But uh, let's roll the clock back here. And remember, the Yankees had some modest expectations for Judge coming into this year. He struck out 42 times in 84 at-bats the year before, uh, hit 179. Nobody really saw this coming. Uh, he had, he wasn't even the front runner to be the opening day right fielder until the last week or ten days of camp when he overtook Aaron Hicks. Um, so I think that you'd like to say that Judge is just going to go out there and crush the ball and be Babe Ruth every season for the rest of his career and, and go to the Hall of Fame. But I, I think that you saw during those six weeks where pitchers were kind of taking advantage of him and. Also, during the postseason, he was swinging and missing a lot at breaking balls down and fastballs above the catcher's mask. Uh, I think that teams have realized that you cannot let this guy beat you because if you groove a 92-mile-an-hour fastball to this guy, he's going to hit it 495 feet into the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. So uh, I think that teams are going to be a lot more careful with Aaron Judge going forward. And I, I remember talking to Jim Henry, who uh, is the assistant to Brian Cashman, and he went out to Fresno State to watch Judge when he was a prospect and when they were thinking about drafting him in 2013. And Henry told me, look, if you told me right now in 2017 that Aaron Judge would be hitting 250 in the big leagues with 30 homers, we'd be thrilled. Uh, that was kind of what they were projecting. So I don't think anybody saw him being an MVP candidate. Uh, they're, they're thrilled that he is, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see those numbers kind of inch back the other way uh, next year. Not saying he won't be productive, but I think he can, uh, he can probably regress a little bit. I, I think that's possible. Yeah, and how about a, a guy on the flip side, Brian, that maybe uh, did not perform uh, up to standards that you could see bouncing back a little bit? I think Greg Bird. That would be my, my shot there. I think you saw what Bird is capable of. Um, Brian Cashman always says that this guy's kind of like Bobby Abreu. He could roll out of bed on Christmas Day and go hit a double up the gap. I mean, he's just kind of a, a born hitter, and I, I think that fans probably gave up on him a little bit. There was somebody in the front office who did uh, the, the injury – issues he obviously missed most of the last two years but uh he came back with a force he reminded people why the yankees were so excited about him when he came up in 2015 why they kept the light on for him again this year um i, I think you're looking here at a uh, a sweet left-handed stroke that is perfect for yankee stadium he's going to play solid defense at first base uh good level-headed kid he's kind of got a uh a heartbeat that's under control there. I think his, his DNA is going to be perfect for New York, and uh, I, I think he's primed to have a big year. I mean, the, the big question is, can he stay healthy and be on the field and play 140, 150 games? And I guess we'll see that. Um, we'll see if he can, but if he can, I think he's going to put up some big numbers. Yeah, absolutely agree. I really stepped up in the playoffs, and, you know, uh, fans, uh, non-Yankee fans are saying, you know, for crying out loud, we got to deal with the uh, Judge and Sanchez, and now Greg Bird? It's it just <laughs> it seemed unfair. So if Bird can stay healthy, uh, what a trio that would form uh, for the Yankees in the heart of that order in 2018. As we come down the home stretch here, uh, a guy that, uh, in your eyes, is a question mark, Brian, regarding some health issues right now. Regarding health issues, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I have my questions about what Jacoby Ellsbury is for this team. I, I know that he had started off 
playing pretty well, and then he ran into the center field fence. He had some concussion issues after that. Uh, never really quite seemed to be the same player. I know he, he kind of came and went in September, uh, but then once the Yankees got to October, you saw Aaron Hicks starting in center field over Ellsbury. Uh, I'm not sure how he fits coming forward here because you, you've got a very big uh, outfield alignment here that should be productive for years to come. You, you've got Brett Gardner in left. You, you've got Hicks in center, who they obviously like better than Ellsbury considering they played him there when the games counted the most. Aaron Judge isn't going anywhere in right field. And uh, Clint Frazier's knocking on the door. He might be in the big leagues next year. So I think that I'm not sure if it's a health issue so much as just a playing time issue. I think that Ellsbury might be in a situation. I know he's got three years, and I think it's about $68 million left on his contract. That is not something you can move easily, but I think that, uh, the Yankees will probably entertain a, a possibility to see if they can send him somewhere where he might be able to play a little bit more. Because I think it's clear that uh, that spending spree there, Brian McCann's gone now, uh, Carlos Beltran's gone now. To share, I mean, uh, Tanaka's still around, but Ellsbury it kind of seems like the last man standing, at least on the position player side. I, I feel like uh, the team is moving in a different direction. He probably knows that, too. So I think that uh, he would be my candidate as a guy who uh, I'm not sure where he fits for this year. And uh, whether he's healthy or not, I, I think that that's a guy that Cashman's going to look to move. Yeah, he's in certainly a no-man's land right now considering the talent around him. And, uh, Ryan, to wrap things up here, you know, you can pretty much put any team into one of five categories in my mind heading into every year. You've got your uh, rebuilding teams, non-contending teams, then your wildcard contending teams, division title contending teams, and ultimately a world title contending team. Of the latter three, which the, which the Yankees obviously fall into one of those three, which one of the three do they fall into the most? I think they're at the very least a wildcard team, and I, I think they're a championship contender right now, as they are. Um, I think that this young core got a lot of valuable experience down the stretch. Uh, they knew that nobody was really counting on them to do a whole lot in 2017. I mean, I think most people were picking the 84, 85 wins, maybe make a run of the wild card, but uh, they proved they were ahead of schedule on that, much uh, capable of much more. So I, I think that that experience is going to serve the Yankees well. I, I'm curious to see who the next voice is going to be in the dugout, if that makes a difference with this team. Um, but even if you say that there was something that they didn't like about Joe Girardi, they still went to the seventh game of the ALCS with him and came back from – 0-2 deficits a couple times. So this team has a lot of fight in it. Um, they've got the talent, obviously. Uh, I, I think that bright things are ahead for this team, and I think that whoever the next manager is, if he looks up in three years and hasn't won a World Series title, uh, something <laughs> there, there, there might be some people in the front office who are not okay with that. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think that uh, good things are to come still yet for this team. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, you know, one of the knocks against Girardi was that he won only – one title in a, in 10 years, which almost any other franchise would take. And, and, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, but that's not going to cut it uh, with the next skipper for the Yankees. As you said, if in three years, there's not a 28th banner, uh, something's wrong, but uh, we'll see how that transpires over the next uh, couple of years, beginning in 2018. Brian Hope, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com extras, New York Yankees. <laughs>